Welcome to episode 68 of the Montana Values Podcast. In this show, we'll talk all about how for the Gianforte administration, failing is winning. Let's get right into it with our host, Tammy Fisher. We are continuing to monitor what's happening at Montana Psychiatric Hospital in Warm Springs. And folks, we don't want to beat a dead horse nor talk about the same subject over and over again. But we're in a crisis in Montana with regard to our mental health care. And so as events turn in the process of trying to rehab Warm Springs, we want to talk about the changes that have been made and the decisions that have been made to see if whether or not those changes and decisions really meet Montana's needs for high quality mental health care. So as you've heard in our prior episodes, Care for Montana's Most Vulnerable has been a shambles at Warm Springs. And a few weeks ago, CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, despite all of its efforts to ignore what was happening at the state hospital, well, they were forced to pull federal Medicare and Medicaid funding from the hospital. And remember, folks, CMS had turned a blind eye to patient deaths, patient injuries, and staffing deficiencies for well over eight months until the Montana press started asking CMS why it was sitting dormant on a stack of complaints that it was responsible for addressing. Once the press woke up CMS and it started investigating, well, we learned just how horrible it is at the state hospital for Montanans, both staff and patients. And after repeatedly trying to give the state hospital a pass or an extension of time to fix the enormous issues, the state continued to fail. So CMS took the remarkable step that is relatively unheard of in state hospitals and pulled all federal funding of our state hospital. But the patients still need care, and the patients continue to suffer. And now, instead of being $7 million in the hole, they are $14 million in the hole. But don't forget, folks, even without CMS funding, there are still Montanans being committed involuntarily to Warm Springs every day because there are no other long-term public mental health treatment facilities in Montana. So make no mistake— the suffering for Montana patients hasn't ended. It's just been defunded. So this latest move by CMS just makes matters worse for Montana and its patients. So how has the state administration and the legislative committee charged with oversight of the hospital reacted? What's their plan? Well, Adam Meyer, the director of the Department of Public Health and Human Services, DPHHS, he hired a consultant who, for the rock-bottom price of $2.2 million, is going to give suggestions for improvement at the state hospital. The staff at the hospital are, as predicted, rather horrified that while the house is burning, the state has called in an out-of-state fire chief to comment on how to tamper the flames. The staff seems convinced that the answers, at least to the most severe of issues, are clear as day and not in need of additional consultation. Add staff. Tighten up policies. Adhere to policies. Change the culture. So, feeling the heat by the press and all of us who are livid over how our Montana friends with mental health issues are being treated, the administration decided to undertake the old Catholic Church's strategy to address pedophiles in the midst 
just move around the administrators to different state facilities. And I can talk about the Catholic Church because I'm Catholic. So I can talk about how before the year 2000, the Catholic Church, when it found a bad priest, just priested them, meaning shuffled them around to a different parish, hoping to cover up the antics, never once addressing what caused the problems to begin with. So this appears to be what our administration is doing, too. They're moving around administrators to different state facilities. Don't actually address the failed leadership. Just move them around like checkers on a checkerboard. So Kyle Fouts, the Warm Springs administrator, has been priested to the Intensive Behavior Center in Boulder, Montana. This guy's leadership was referred to as toxic with employees writing to the governor about how bad Mr. Fouts was as an administrator at Warm Springs. Quote, in a letter sent to the Gianforte administration last week, employees at the hospital accused Fouts of mismanagement, including nepotism, lack of care for patient safety, and verbal abuse from management. End quote. So what do you do with a failing leader? Well, in the Gianforte administration, you simply priest them to another department. So he's going, Fouts, is going to the Intensive Behavior Center, which is an intensive short-term treatment facility for individuals who have intellectual disabilities. According to its website, quote, IBC is a 12-bed facility that provides an environment for building healthy, effective, and fulfilling lives so those receiving treatment can live successfully in the community after discharge, end quote. So Fouts failed Montana at the state hospital in Warm Springs, and instead of being fired, he was sent to bring his shitty brand of leadership to the state's developmentally delayed. This move is concerning for a number of reasons. The staff at Warm Springs agrees. Quote, it feels good that he is leaving this facility, but it is very sad that he is going to Boulder. So my heart goes out to the folks at Boulder, said Debbie Merring, a behavioral health care planner at Warm Springs. Jack Griswold, employee union president at the hospital, expressed the same sentiment. Quote, I think it's a step in the right direction. People are a lot happier, he said. But it's not getting rid of the problem. It's just passing a problem on to someone else. How is that fair to the people of Boulder? End quote. And when we evaluate the effect of this move, we need to consider who of our Montana vulnerable population, who will Mr. Fouts have oversight of? Because Montanans at Warm Springs in the psychiatric facility are involuntarily committed psychiatric patients. But these patients, these patients at Boulder, are the developmentally delayed patients who need significant assistance to manage their adult lives. Those are two entirely different things. And folks, I briefly worked with the developmentally delayed in college, and many of those patients, those people, those Montanans, many of them are nonverbal. And that's my concern. Many of our mentally ill patients at Warm Springs are verbal and can speak when they are harmed or in pain. Nonverbal, developmentally delayed, can't do this. So we are sending a failed administrator whose staff and patients cried foul to a place where many of the patients can't cry at all when things go wrong. Does that sound like a well-thought-out plan? You fail as an administrator and you are rewarded by shipping you to a facility where the complaints won't be heard because they can't be heard. 
because the patients can't speak. That's our state government. Reward failed leaders. And do you think Fouts had to take a pay cut? I doubt it. So they priest Fouts. Who were they installing to take Fouts' place? Carter Anderson. On first blush, you would think that Carter Anderson would be a good person to oversee Warm Springs. He currently works in the DPHHS Inspector General Office as the Quality Assurance Administrator. So he's currently in charge of ensuring the quality of care delivered to Montana patients subject to DPHHS authority. Since quality is such a monumental problem at Warm Springs, you would think that Carter would be the guy to fix the problem. But the problem is, Carter was priested too. Carter didn't get to the Quality Assurance Division of DPHHS until he failed at his last job at Acadia in Butte. And what was Acadia? Quote, Acadia, Montana provides residential treatment for children and young adults between ages 5 and 18 who are struggling with mental and behavioral health disorders. The facility prides itself on taking an inclusive and multidimensional approach to treatment for depression, substance abuse, and many other disorders. Acadia, Montana's website indicates it can accommodate up to 108 residents at a time. Reviews posted on secondary review sites are mostly negative, however. All 10 individuals who left Google reviews provided one out of five star reviews. The reviewers cited corrupt and rude staff. Several reviewers reported violent and traumatizing incidents such as numerous fights and clients being held down while staff forced them to take their medications. It leaves mental and literal scars, Malachi wrote. I cry every day with memories, Kelsey wrote. Based on 10 reviews, current and former staff members on Indeed.com provided an average rating of 2.8 stars out of 5. Some employees mentioned the fun, atmosphere, and free lunches among the facility's perks, but others noted a lack of support and adequate compensation. A couple also noted that some clients could be difficult to work with. Poor management, no orientation, unreasonable hours, and too many on-call days, an anonymous staff member wrote, end quote. So Carter was at Acadia from 2016 through 2018. Anderson left Acadia, Montana in mid-2018 after a rocky tenure that began with concerns from investigators about, quote, the facility's ability to provide a safe and therapeutic environment for the residents. Does that sound familiar? and ended with investigators praising improvements he brought about in patient care. But for all of his improvements, he left under a black cloud, as at the time of his departure, the forced injection of children as a practice of chemically restraining them was under scrutiny. And Mr. Anderson knew the procedure. Chemically restraining children by injection was being overused at Acadia, Indeed, in 2016, a DPHHS inspector faulted Acadia, Montana, for being unable to, quote, maintain a safe environment, which is evidenced by the number of emergency safety interventions that occur. Those emergency interventions included seclusion and, quote, emergency medication. The DPHHS inspector noted that in August of that year, this is 2016, August of 2016 alone, there had been over 500 incidents 
when medication was ordered for the resident in order to assist in managing the resident's behavior. And that's a huge no-no. Acadia, Montana also recorded the use of 126 seclusions in just March 2016. That means you're basically put in timeout alone and isolated. So basically, when kids were getting out of control, staff's response was to snow the kids, inject them with Benadryl and other sedatives so that the behavior would stop. This is a huge no-no in the mental health treatment world. You can't just sedate patients to stop behavior. They used to call this sedate for a break. In hospitals, you hear about it, where nursing staff or medical staff, they need a break from the stress of the environment in which they work. So they sedate the patients. It's called sedate for a break, and it's a huge no-no. So... You can't just sedate patients to stop behavior because, number one, you aren't addressing the behavior. And two, you're limiting the patient's rights and freedoms. As an example, in 2014, before Mr. Anderson was at Acadia, DPHHS found instances where children were left in locked seclusion rooms after calming down for up to 40 minutes. Well, after a behavior event occurs, you have to allow the patients, once they are calm, to resume their regular activities. Because otherwise, you're punishing a patient for being mentally ill versus treating their illnesses. So chemically restraining a patient is viewed no differently than tying a patient to a bed. So it's only supposed to be used as an absolute last resort and highly limited in its duration. Well, that wasn't happening at Acadia. And since Acadia took Oregon kids as patients, Acadia violated Oregon law by using chemical restraints because Oregon outlawed chemical restraints of children. So once Oregon made Acadia aware of these issues, did Acadia stop chemically restraining kids? Nope. They just stopped chemically restraining Oregon kids. And the complaints weren't just from Oregon. The same complaints came from Alaska. Quote, when investigators from Alaska conducted an annual review of the facility in 2016, they found that patients, quote, did not like injectable medication or IM. And when they receive an IM, they go to bed and sleep all day, end quote. During the same inspection, 15 of 15 Alaska residents, 14 of whom were below the age of 12, who were interviewed stated they didn't like the facility, citing IM shots among their reasons. Alaska filed a complaint with Montana DPHHS after the review was complete, prompting further investigation. When Montana's follow-up was completed, a Montana DPHHS investigator wrote to Acadia Montana's then-CEO, Carter Anderson, to note that Alaska investigators found that Intramuscular injections of PRN medication, holds and or restraints, were common. PRN medications refers to drug administered as needed to manage agitation and psychotic behavior. While the facility did bring the numbers down over the course of 2016 and 2017, the use of seclusion and medication to manage behavior apparently continued. Interviews with former employees suggested the use of injected emergency medication and seclusion has been common at the facility over recent years. 
according to an article in the Montana Standard. Quote, a former Acadia, Montana employee said that the kids were injected with Haldol mixed with Thorazine or Benadryl so often that staff used to joke around and call them butt darts, end quote. A second former employee corroborated that account, saying that being administered such injectable medications means you're going to be sedated and you're probably not going to be up for two days and you're probably going to be punished because you can't wake up, end quote. Both employees said the use of seclusions that lasted an hour or more were common. Two other employees who worked at the facility in 2018 and also asked not to be named said the facility used two locked seclusion rooms and injected medication to control patients. They said staff called the injections butt shots or booty juice. So under Anderson's watch, kids were being snowed as a means to control their behavior. The behavior and the underlying cause of the behavior wasn't being addressed, Instead, they chemically induce the kids to sleep as a behavior control mechanism. That doesn't sound very therapeutic, does it? So Anderson sees the writing on the wall at Acadia and jumps ship to perform oversight for DPHHS. That's kind of ironic, isn't it? After all, he must have been pretty tight with the inspectors from DPHHS due to all of the complaints they were investigating at Acadia. So Anderson heads over to DPHHS and what happens to Acadia? Huh? Well, within months of Anderson leaving, Acadia shut down permanently. Now, let's be fair. Anderson didn't start the practice of chemical restraints, but he knew about them. And while he worked to decrease the use between 2016 and 2018, he had been employed on and off at Acadia and at its predecessor, the former owner of Acadia, since 1996. So he was in a great position as staff and leadership to cry foul. But he didn't. Oregon and Alaska did. And then he went on to become the oversight czar for Montana. That's probably not a promotion I would foresee occurring with his track record. But that's what happens in the public sector. Doesn't happen in the private sector, but it sure happens in the public sector. So now Anderson, with this track record... Well, now he's being sent to Warm Springs to run the adult psychiatric hospital. We know that he was unable to bring Acadia back from circling the drain. So knowing that, we then send him to save a larger, more complex hospital from circling the drain? Does that make any sense at all? He couldn't do it with 108 patients. So now we're going to give him a shot at it with 238 patients? It's almost like state administration wants Warm Springs to shut down, wants failure, wants to continue to perpetuate the race to the bottom for mental health care in Montana. By priesting two administrators with less than stellar track records versus bringing in new blood, this administration is becoming a specialist in meeting the definition of insanity. Isn't that ironic? They're meeting the definition of insanity when it comes to its approach to mental health care and treatment in Montana. They're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And if it were only tax dollars on the line, that would cause us to be pissed. Sure, we'd be mad. But since it's Montana lives on the line, well, not only are we pissed, but we're outraged. Is Adam Meyer just incompetent or is he overwhelmed? 
What analysis went into these decisions? When Mr. Meyer testifies at the legislative committee hearings, it's clear he doesn't really know what CMS does or how it does it. And he likely has no experience running public mental health programs. But that's not an excuse to simply move checkers around the board, hoping that none of us Montanans will notice. And we know that bureaucrats want to hold on to their jobs. Not those that are true public servants, because true public servants simply want to serve. Those who need the jobs and are sheltered from their own failures are cancers in our state government. And like with all cancers, you don't watch it float around your body and see what organ it can harm next. You cut it out, you burn it out, or you poison it out of your system so that the entire system doesn't die. By keeping these cancers and truly doing nothing substantive to address the house of flame at Warm Springs, this administration, they've almost assured the death of mental health treatment in Montana. Thank you for taking us with you on your journey today. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Consider sponsoring the show by going to our website, montanavaluespodcast.com locating the sponsor page and clicking on the donate button. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at MT Values. Find us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>